Welcome to Columbus Perspective, a weekly public affairs presentation of The Fan. I'm Dave James. March Madness is right around the corner. Let the gambling begin. Or not. I'll talk with someone from the state's bureau that deals with problem gambling. Courtesy of our sister station, WBNS 10 TV, Tracy Townsend covers topics that include the ongoing redistricting issue in Ohio and the impact it could have on the May primary, the war in Ukraine, and an effort to toughen Ohio's laws on distracted driving. And toward the end of the hour, I'll talk to an audiologist about hearing loss. First up on Columbus Perspective, on the phone with me, Stacey Fronapple-Hassan. She is the chief of the Ohio Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services. How are you? I'm good, Dave. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for talking to us. We talked to you a few months back, and uh, March is Problem Gambling Awareness Month, and March is a big gambling month. It absolutely is. Um, March Madness encompasses a lot, even though we mostly think of it as, as college basketball. But golf starts to, you know, literally heat up in March. Um, there's, there's a lot of sports activities taking place that people like to gamble on. With Problem Gambling Awareness Month, we can pretty much by the name get the gist of it. But what does that mean for your department and Ohio's effort to curb problem gambling? Well, even across the country, we, we try to, you know, shine a light on problem gambling. Um, some, some of us think about it all the time, but for most individuals, it's not something that you think of. Um, you might not even think of yourself as a gambler, but yet you buy an occasional lottery ticket or you participate in the church raffle or the school raffle or um, your fraternal organizations, uh, you know, gambling pools and so on. So almost 85% of Ohioans gamble in some way. I mean, if you go back, way, way back, gambling's in the Bible. They cast lots for um, Jesus' clothes. I mean, you know, at, at what we consider Easter time today. Right. It is part of our culture, and it always has been. Um, throw bones, you know, literally came from cavemen days. <laughs> so gambling has always been with us. We want to draw attention to that at least one month out of the year with Problem Gambling Awareness Month so that people can just think for a minute, you know, take a pause, and literally everybody knows there was that one uncle, you know, there was the person at church, there was somebody um, in our past who has had a problem with gambling. And there very well may be someone now in our family or in our circles who has a problem with gambling and we just want to have folks think about that for a minute and know that we have a problem gambling helpline that they could send someone to to get help for themselves. Okay. And tell us about the problem gambling helpline. What is it and how does that work? Sure. That number is a 1-800 number, 1-800-589-9966, 1-800-589-9966. It is answered 24-7-365, and those are trained call specialists, call specialists that would take that call. Now, if the individual on the line actually wants to talk to uh, someone who is trained in gambling clinical care, that transfer can be made right then. Um, so someone can get that, you know, first contact with someone who is a trained clinician or just talk to someone a little bit more 
about their gambling behavior or even a person that they're concerned about. You might be calling about, uh, you know, a spouse, a parent, a child, or you may be calling about yourself. But we do have um, round-the-clock helpline available, and we also have around-the-clock this warm transfer opportunity to reach out to someone who is a trained gambling clinician to get that extra level of, um, basically, it's a little bit of telehealth, a little bit of telecounseling. And then if someone wants to take that next step and start to see somebody on a regular basis to turn their lives around, that's something that we would certainly support as well. And that kind of clinical care is free in Ohio. There is a funding that comes from the casinos, the racinos, you know, from the gambling money that is collected across the state. And some of those funds support any clinical treatment needed for problem gambling. Having the kind of people on the line ready to respond to a call like that who are qualified to help, that's a big deal because if somebody gets to the point where they're making that phone call, they really do need help. That's absolutely right. That's a big step to take. Um, You can also chat to that phone number. And if someone feels they're in a crisis and they want to text, Ohio has a crisis text line that is 741-741. And that, you know, someone can text for hope, the number four, H-O-P-E. You can text for hope to 741-741. And that would engage a person in a a conversation as well. Um, But calling the helpline, chatting with someone on the helpline, it's just a very first step. It's painless. It's simple. Um, and you can explore what's there. And they'll also just give you um, some resources in your own community. So if you want to think about it and make a, a call to actually get help later, that's fine. Or you could be transferred right then to a clinician. Talking with Stacey Fraunapel-Hassan, she is with the Ohio Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services. At the beginning, we mentioned March Madness, and I know that, especially with kids, one of your themes is, you know, to to be careful not to normalize gambling and, and, you know, make it an excitable situation around little kids that might be influenced and have their brain kind of triggered and turned on that way. But what about March Madness and, you know, just the typical office pools Do you have a big problem with that sort of activity on a low level? Um, You know, there's no there's no way to track across the state how many office pools are going on, how many pools are going on in uh, you know your local restaurant or adult beverage establishment. Um, We know there's a lot of that, and we did a survey, Dave, in 2017. You know, which is a while ago now. We're going to redo that survey this year. Every five years, though, we look at what's the gambling, you know, what does gambling look like across the state of Ohio? In 2017, when sports gambling was not legal, it was still the number one reason why most people gambled in the state of Ohio. Hmm. At um, 24.3% of folks were already uh, sports gambling almost a little too much, you know, at some level of risk for developing a problem with sports gambling. So, um, March Madness you know, really put the big spotlight on sports gambling. And then, of course, by December 31st, um, the end of this year, sports gambling will be legal in Ohio. 
So when we do the survey in five more years, we're going to get a sense of what kind of impact that will have had, if any, you know, on gambling activities across the state. Is the regulating and legalizing of sports gambling in Ohio in a way uh, maybe a good thing from your perspective because it does allow it to be maybe better tracked and regulated and, and maybe find problem areas a little easier with more data available? Um, absolutely. That, that is a good point because, as I said, we know it's going on anyway. Right. People are gambling anyway. And, and we do hear about, um, yeah, a few minutes ago you referenced, you know, gambling sometimes being a family affair and making sure it doesn't become normalized for kids. Um, and I've, you know, I've heard that. I get together with my kids. I mean, it's often with sons. It's that bonding thing where we form a fantasy football team or, you know, we choose our picks for March Madness, that kind of thing. Um, there are lessons in there. There are lessons about odds. There are also lessons about, there should be, about random um, activities. You know, you can't, as much as you might know about college basketball, you don't know when someone's going to twist an ankle, you know, or have some kind of an accident. There's so many elements of um, randomness when we're talking about sports. Legal, above-board sports, then anything can happen, and anything does. So that's why they call it a gamble. If you're involving young people, you know, we would strongly urge you to help them understand that there is still chance that that random element is always there. And if you're talking odds, then go ahead and teach them odds. You know, what, what are the chances of something that a dollar will turn into $5? While considering, you know, feeling lucky is just a myth. It's not a reality. There would be uh, no gambling at all if the house didn't win most of the time. That's exactly right. You could show, you know, show folks a picture of, of Las Vegas and uh, wonder where those, you know, amazing buildings and that breathtaking fountain <laughs> and all of those um, entertainers and residents, if it wasn't making billions and billions of dollars for the house, then it wouldn't exist, exactly. Talking with Stacy Fronapple-Hassan, she's the chief of the Ohio Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services. What about the various campaigns that you have, uh, awareness campaigns about gambling? Um, we're not we're not anti-gambling. I, you know, we we just want to make sure that people if are knowledgeable about the gambling choices they make, um, that understand that element of chance is always there. So our main campaign is called "Get Set Before You Bet." If you gamble, get set before you bet. So know what the odds are. You know, pay your bills first. If you're going to gamble, make sure that it is money you can set aside to lose. Um, don't gamble for income. Chances are that that's not how the chances will fall, that you're way more likely to lose that money than to double that money. Um, so we want people to think you know, calmly and logically about the gambling decisions they're going to make, just like you would set money aside to go on a cruise. Uh, maybe not right now, but maybe in the near future, you know, you may have been saving for something like a cruise. Those are thoughtful purchases that you make for entertainment, and we want people to do the same thing if they decide to gamble. So uh, beforeyoubet.org is the website for adults 
um, it's about preventing problem gambling, and it's about encouraging people to make responsible, safe gambling decisions as much as possible. And then we also have uh, a campaign within that umbrella called Change the Game Ohio. And that is focused on helping parents and young people understand that gaming is also a grooming step to getting young people used to gaming activities, which are very often gambling activities. Um, there are there are slot machines in the games kids play. You know, there are all kinds of um, random number generators that they use in order to, wear, to win coins and crowns and jewels, all of those things that make kids very excited. Um, loot boxes, they take chances on all of that. They're probably taking those chances with mom or dad's money. Um, but they're learning that you can take a chance to get something cool. Um, that's, you know, that's what gambling is. But for the young people, it's mostly somebody else's money. So they start to get accepting of that behavior, you know, and that becomes a part of, of what they do day to day in a game. So we want to help the parents and the young people understand there's, a, there's sort of a method to that madness. It's, it's a grooming mechanism to get them used to gambling. The same tools that are in a slot machine are also in a lot of the games that young people play. So do these uh, campaigns have their own websites, or, a, or is there a connector between them at one site, or what? Sure. Thanks for that, Dave. Um, so Before You Bet is beforeyoubet.org, no spaces, beforeyoubet.org. And the youth campaign is, again, no spaces, changethegameohio.org changethegameohio.org um, you could also click on the 1-800 helpline from either of those campaign sites or you can click on it and chat with the folks at the helpline so all of that is linked um, there's a simple quiz on both sites but especially on before you bet there's a two minute quiz so you don't want to make that call you don't want to engage a human uh, in talking about what you think could be a problem you have with gambling. So you take the quiz, and your responses to that quiz will tell you, um, yeah, you know, you're, you're making some good decisions now, but you have a couple risk factors, or maybe you should call the number. Maybe you should talk to someone about your gambling. It's also a kind of a stress, pressure-free way to suggest someone else take a look. Maybe you want that spouse to take the quiz. So that's uh, another opportunity to engage that person without hopefully, uh, you know, <laughs> making someone mad or embarrassing them. Just check out this website. There's a cool quiz there. That's it, beforeyoubet.org. Talking with Stacy Fronapple Hassan. She's the chief of the Ohio Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services. And I, I did want to mention real quick and get your take on it that there's a, an, an update, kind of a revision to a program that allows people to voluntarily remove themselves from eligibility to go into casinos. Right. We've, we've had that uh, in place, the Voluntary Exclusion Program. And that you can make that decision for yourself. In fact, you have to make it for yourself. And you have to make it sober um 
you know, there's a there's a, a step involved to make sure that someone is doing it in sound mind and of their own free will, and they can exclude themselves from the casinos or the racinos, all 11 Ohio properties, um, for one year, five years, or a lifetime. That will also apply to sports gambling once that gets launched. Mm-hmm. Someone will be able to do the same thing and exclude themselves from sports gambling. Um, so it's a tool. We don't think of it as, you know, that's not clinical care, that's not treatment, but it's a tool. Keep yourself away from those things that trigger you. We're walking into a casino, um, we're opening up a sports gambling site. Those are obviously triggers that could lead to, you know, what is dangerous behavior. Um, gambling your food budget away or a child's college fund, those things are literally danger, dangerous behavior for yourself, for your family. Self-exclusion program is a tool to help protect you from that. But there is, uh, from what I understand, it, it's expanding one element of it, which will allow people to remove themselves from that list? That's right. If you have um, been on the exclusion at any of those levels, I think you have to put in a full year. But you can find the information through Casino Control Commission's website or the lottery's website. And that is you can apply to come off of the self-exclusion list. Um, and that, that is a fairly new change. It was irrevocable before, and now um, folks can put in at least a year and then apply to come off. And we've had people that have applied to come off and come off the list and put themselves back on within six months. And that's, you know, that's certainly allowable as well. It's going to be interesting when the uh, the sports betting comes online uh, in Ohio because uh, uh, the casinos are expanding and, and putting in new areas uh, specifically dedicated to sports betting. I'm sure they're going to be flashy and very attractive and kind of cool. And uh, I would imagine that that raises some concern for folks in a bureau like yours. It, well, it does. I mean, gambling comes with, you know, lights and sirens and bells and whistles. Um, it is all very attractive. It, you know, it's very appealing. It reminds me sometimes of, uh, I guess this is my perspective, but when I was, you know, a kid in a candy store, and you look at all the different colors and wrapping and packaging. Um, I mean, it can literally make your mouth water if you're looking at candy or bakery confections. It's the same thing for someone who loves to gamble, who may have some gambling addiction tendencies. And, you know, they see that entryway. They see that big, gorgeous entryway into, uh, um, into one of the casino or racino venues. All the lights, all the bells and whistles go off. If someone wins, the, it's always the slot machine next to you, it might seem like. Um, of course, they will also set off all the bells and whistles if someone's winning you know, $5. Um, they, don't, they don't mean somebody's going to be set for life, but they do mean a win, and that's relative. Right. Uh, but, it's, yeah, it is meant to make your mouth water. It's meant to release dopamine in your brain, you know, that chemical that says, wow, this is really something I want more of. 
As uh, sports gambling ramps up, then will you be kind of changing direction a little bit, or or going in a, a new area of awareness, or what are your plans down the line? Um, that's that's a good question, and you know it does have a it does certainly force us to shift things somewhat. I would say that consumer protections, the voluntary exclusion program, is one of those consumer protections. Having the campaign website, those are consumer protections. The helpline. All of those things will still um, obviously be in place and will be, you know, even more welcoming of sports gamblers. You know, that said, it was already the number one reason why people got into trouble with gambling in the state of Ohio, legal or not. Right. Um, so, yeah, we will want to be on more, you know, more opportunities like this one uh, with the fans. We know that that is the audience that. Um, can benefit from this message as well as, you know, folks across the state. But we do want to make sure that the right people are hearing the fact that there's help out there. It's free help, um, and it's easily accessible to anyone who needs it or wants to make a gentle nudge uh, for someone they love to get that help. Pass along the, uh, the problem gambling helpline number again one more time. Okay. So the problem gambling helpline number is answered 24-7-365, and it's 1-800-589-9966. 1-800-589-9966. You can also chat to that number. Stacy Fornapple-Hassan, she's the chief of the Ohio Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services. Uh, always good information. Thanks so much for taking time for us today. Thank you, Dave, and thanks for giving us a chance to get it out there. This is Columbus Perspective on the Fan. Courtesy of our sister station, WBNS-10-TV, here's Tracy Townsend from her Sunday morning public affairs program, Face the State. A new edition can be seen this morning at 1130 on 10-TV. Another legislative map makes it through the redistricting commission, but is it good enough to get the state Supreme Court stamp of approval? Plus, hear from people who were in Ukraine when Russia first invaded, and we look at how the crisis overseas will impact Ohio. And putting the brakes on the distracted driving happening in our state, what changed lawmakers hope will save lives. We thank you so much for joining us for Face the State. I'm Tracy Townsend, the Ohio Redistricting Commission. After missing several important deadlines and facing the threat of being held in contempt of court, the Redistricting Commission agreed to a new legislative district map. Their vote was four to three, with the two Democrats and Auditor Keith Favor, a Republican, voting no. This means if approved by the state Supreme Court, the map would hold for four years instead of 10. Faber sent a statement after the vote saying, quote, this is a constitutional process and I've consistently expressed my concerns with the maps, including the Democrat proposed map we saw last week that violate the Constitution with unnecessary splits and by compromising compactness to achieve a specific ratio. Again, that is from State Auditor Keith Faber. State Representative Allison Russo, one of the two Democrats on the commission, had this to say before the vote. 
I would ask to the commissioners, um, do the majority of the commissioners believe that this map, which actually worsens partisan asymmetry, it does not improve it, will satisfy the court and show that the commissioners, uh, each member of this commission, when we um, appear before the court, is not contemptuous of the court and does not remain in contempt or possibly in contempt? Well, as, as I've indicated uh, to the press, I'm not commenting on pending litigation, and I don't think it's wise for anybody to do that. Uh, Mr. Co-Chair, I'm sorry, but we're sitting here because of pending lit litigation discussing these maps. Um, so I, I would disagree with that. One of Ohio's seven Supreme Court justices won't weigh in on this matter. Justice Pat DeWine, the son of Governor Mike DeWine. Justice DeWine told us that he would recuse himself if sanctions were to be imposed. Right now, the future of the May 3rd primary is in jeopardy. There's a chance that we would need more than one primary because the maps aren't ready. 10TV's Kevin Landers asked Secretary of State Frank LaRose about that. I tell the boards of elections that they are to start working on uh, preparing to conduct the election with the statewide races and with the local races. That's based on the opinion that I got from the Attorney General. That's what we have to work with. And so the boards of elections are now proceeding to conduct the election with the statewide races and with those, uh, and with those county races as well. So we have two primaries where we have one in May and then potentially another at another date. And yeah. how, what's that going to cost the taxpayer to, to have two primaries? Yeah. As we've talked about, that's not a decision that I make. That's the decision that the General Assembly makes. Uh, the General Assembly has the opportunity, if they want to, to move the date to something in June, for example. They could keep that as a unified primary if they chose to do that. Uh, again, the decision is theirs. And you're right. It does cost something to run an additional primary. I've also made that clear. We know that our boards of election Elections are resource constrained, right? They don't have it in the budget to run an additional election. And so if there were to be the decision by the General Assembly to have a bifurcated primary, two separate primaries, then there would be a cost associated with that. And I, for one, would be advocating that we need to get them the resources to help uh, recoup those costs. Now, to get a feel for the issues an additional primary would cause, here's Aaron Sellers with the Franklin County Board of Election. There's there's a myriad of issues with with a second primary, and again, I, I don't want to. Our hope is is that 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 won't happen, and we're, we're still you know waiting, hopefully to to have a one unified date to have a primary. But if if there were to be a second primary, um, you know, the cost um, could be rather significant, not only for us here in Franklin County, but uh, across the state. Um, I've heard the number of twenty to twenty five million dollars uh, that would it would cost for uh, for another election statewide. Wide. Uh, I know that I've heard that the Secretary of State has is, is, is talked about funding mechanisms from the state to to help out counties because obviously that's not something that uh, county commissioners built into uh, their their yearly budgets uh, last year. Um, logistics is another concern. Uh, polling locations. Um, supply chain issues. We, we've had some issues with paper uh, and toner and, and the things of that uh, like. Um, the other uh, issue would be co voter confusion. Uh, you know, uh, summer elections tend to have low turnouts because people have other things to do. Uh, and that's not the time frame that they have in their mind that an election's going on. So those are some of the, th the things that, um, that, that why we hope to just have one. 
We will, of course, keep you updated on any potential changes to the May primary, as well as what the state Supreme Court has to say about that latest map. Download the free 10TV app and sign up to get breaking news alerts sent straight to your phone. Now to the crisis in Ukraine. U.S. Senator Rob Portman called the Russian invasion into Ukraine an illegal, unjustifiable assault. After the initial attack, President Biden issued strict sanctions on Russia. With support from NATO, the U.S. has cut off Russia's government from certain assets. To get a better feel for what's happening in Ukraine, 10TV's Brian Somerville talked with someone who was there when the invasion started. That man, like so many others, is fearful, confused, and wondering what to do next. Early Thursday morning, a wake-up call he never wanted. And I understood that it's, it was definitely explosions. It was far away, but almost, uh, but uh, I just got that it's, it started. Igor Varshinian is in Kiev. He says after realizing what he was hearing was the onset of a Russian invasion, he took cover. I just... Uh, uh, moved to a safest place in my apartment just to be sure that there is uh, will not be uh, any danger if something will hit nearby. He says he packed emergency supplies, food, money, while constantly looking for information to allow him to be up to date on developments. He talked with relatives trying to figure out the next move. I'm trying to keep calm and... Uh, the next step will be that I will go to donate my blood and donate my money to Ukrainian army. Vershinian says people have been told the Ukrainian army is reliable and strong and will be able to protect their country. Yet he recognizes the Ukrainian military is young, only starting to build in 2014 when he says Russian separatists began to occupy eastern Ukraine. Do you feel safe? Do you feel scared? Not really. And just uh, <clears throat> I'm a bit uh, I'm a bit nervous about this situation because it's totally nonsense that it's you can imagine this. Uh, this is second time that someone trying to take my home. After the Soviet Union was dissolved in the early 1990s, Ukraine was part of the Budapest Memorandum that was signed in 1994, where it Russia. The United Kingdom and the United States agreed in exchange for Ukraine giving up nuclear weapons. They were assured sovereignty and border security. Vershinian says with Russia now invading, diplomacy is out the door. It's totally making a new uh, world where agreements doesn't work. And he worries if Russia takes Ukraine, other countries having no consequences will follow suit. Bryant Somerville, 10 TV News. And he also says that if people want to get involved, they should donate. We have some resources for you to, rec to directly do that to help Ukraine. You'll find those at 10TV.com. Now, Bryant covered a little bit of the history of the complicated relationship between Russia and Ukraine. This conflict spans decades. 10TV's Angela Ann takes a look at how we got to this point. 
To fully understand the situation, you need to go back to 1991. That's when Ukraine voted for independence after the collapse of the Soviet Union. In 1994, Ukraine gave all their nuclear warheads to Russia. Ukraine joined NATO's Partnership for Peace, and Russia, Ukraine, and the United Kingdom signed an agreement to respect Ukraine's sovereignty. In 1997, NATO and Ukraine established a partnership. Then in 2004, the Orange Revolution happened. A divide emerged between a presidential race between those who wanted to keep ties with NATO and the West and those who wanted to align with Russia. Two rounds of a flawed election led to protesters dressed in orange who pushed for a revote, which Western-oriented Viktor Yushchenko won. In 2008, NATO denied Ukraine a way to membership after Russian President Vladimir Putin expressed opposition. Five years later, protests began in Kyiv after Ukraine's president withdrew from EU talks. The following year, Ukraine protesters overthrew the president, Viktor Yanukovych, launching a pro-Western revolution. Fast forward now to 2020, Ukraine was named a NATO Enhanced Opportunities Partner. At the end of last year, Putin demanded a ban on NATO expansion and insisted that Ukraine never be accepted into NATO. That brings us to today, with Russia recognizing Ukraine's separatist regions and invaded Ukraine. Russia and Ukraine are 5,000 miles away from Ohio, but despite that distance, Russia's invasion can still reverberate right here in central Ohio. 10TV's Kevin Landers explains how all of this will impact your wallet. Russia is a major producer of oil and natural gas, 10 million barrels of oil per day, or 12% of the global demand. While the U.S. imports very little of it, a change in the price of oil can impact prices globally and here in central Ohio. Peter Hahn is a professor of history at Ohio State. Which is going to increase the price of oil in world markets, and that will boil down to a hike in the price that we see at the neighborhood gas pump. Experts say gas prices here could go beyond $4 a gallon if oil prices increase to $120 a barrel. Now let's turn to wheat. Russia and Ukraine are responsible for 30% of global wheat exports. Ukraine is also a major producer of barley and vegetable oil, which goes into many of the products we eat. While food costs can play a small part in inflation, it's unclear what this will do to prices in the future. Your investments may also take a hit because of war in Ukraine, including your 401k. War makes Wall Street nervous and investors start to sell. So the value of portfolios will be volatile uh, and diminishing here for at least some period of time. Russia is also a major exporter of critical metals like palladium, platinum and nickel, key elements in microchips. Microchips are already in short supply globally and further shortages could push prices of cars and other electronics higher. For now, it's uncertain how badly the war in Ukraine could damage the American economy. It is the largest and most unsettling invasion in Europe since the end of World War II. 10TV's Kevin Landers reporting there. Ohio does do business with Russia. We import pig iron that helps make steel. Total imports are about $344 million. We also export about $135 million worth of goods to Russia. The photos and videos of what is happening in Ukraine are a lot to take in. In the middle of all of that, a lot of disinformation spreading across your social media feeds. To verify, 10TV's Lindsay Mills has some fast facts on the crisis in Ukraine. 
The first claim, Russia is defending ethnic Russians in Ukraine. This is false. Our source is the U.S. Department of State. According to the State Department's website, there are no credible reports of any ethnic Russians or Russian speakers being under threat from the Ukrainian government. The claim, Ukraine is a threat to Russia. This is false. Our source, Dr. Anthony DeStefanis, Associate Professor of History at Otterbein University. Putin has claimed over and over again over the last days and weeks that, yeah, that, that Ukraine is a threat to Russia. And therefore, he's trying to come up with a sort of like a justification. The accurate way to understand this is that, is that this is a war of choice. Next, this photo shows a Russian aircraft downed by Ukraine. It appears in tweets like this one that has more than 10,000 likes. This is false. The photo is a mirrored image of the original taken decades ago. Our source, a reverse image search, reveals this photo has been posted online well before this latest invasion. It was posted by Flickr user Carl Ford. And a fiery explosion at a building claims to show the beginning of the attack on Ukraine. This is also false. It comes from posts like this one on Facebook. Our source, a reverse image search, shows us this is from Israeli airstrikes on the Gaza Strip last May. Have something you'd like us to verify? Send us an email to verify at 10tv.com. With your verify, I'm Lindsay Mills. There's a push in the Ohio House to crack down on distracted driving. Hear from one mother who hopes House Bill 283, if passed, will prevent parents from losing a child the way she did. Plus, chances are you or someone you know has dealt with delayed or missing mail lately. How Congresswoman Joyce Beatty plans to get to the bottom of that problem. Columbus Perspective is a public affairs presentation of WBNS Radio. The opinions expressed on this program are those of its guests and do not necessarily reflect those of WBNS Radio, its staff, management, or sponsors. Hello, I'm Todd Markowitz, Vice President and General Manager of Radio Ohio, which owns 97.1 The Fan. We're an equal opportunity employer dedicated to providing broad outreach efforts regarding job vacancies within our company. We seek the help of local organizations in referring qualified applicants. Organizations that wish to receive our vacancy information should send their request to the attention of Human Resources, Radio Ohio, 770 Twin Rivers Drive, Columbus, 43215. If you'd like to view our current job openings, please visit our website at 971thefan.com, and thanks for listening. This is Columbus Perspective on the Fan. Back to Tracy Townsend, courtesy of 10TV. Distracted driving is one of the most dangerous things you can do while behind the wheel. According to the National Traffic Highway Safety Administration, nationwide, distracted driving kills on average nine people each day. Here in Ohio, there's a bill working its way through the House that would strengthen distracted driving laws. 10TV's Richard Solomon has more from one mother and why this fight is so personal for her. August 29th, 2014 at 3.40 in the afternoon. That moment in time is one Kathy Richeson will never forget. At 15.40 in the afternoon. I thought I was having a heart attack and I hadn't had enough water to drink that day. Turns out that wasn't the case. Her heart in human form. Her son, Nathan Richeson. It was Nathan's right to stay alive. And that right was taken away from him by a distracted driver. Her son's smile and pictures keep she and her husband, Doug, fighting for change in distracted driving laws. What I see is bad behavior from so many people on the road. 
That change could come from House Bill 283. Right now, texting and driving can't be the sole reason why officers pull you over in the state of Ohio. But under this new bill, that would change. Even being behind the wheel with a phone in your hand would be enough. House Bill 283 is extremely needed for Ohio's roadways. Kimberly Schwind is a spokesperson for AAA. She says the organization supports the proposed bill. She says the state first passed the distracted driving legislation a decade ago. And as technology advances, the laws that are in place to keep people safe need to also. Looking away from the road for just two seconds doubles your risk of crashing and When you're looking at your phone, you're looking away for a whole lot longer than that. Kathy will never forget that day in August, but she knows change moving forward honors him. And that's why we are doing what we're doing. So another person, hopefully not one more person, has to drive behind a hearse bringing their son back to the funeral home. That was Richard Solomon reporting. Nathan was a captain with the Air National Guard. Kathy says her son now has another set of wings and is still creating change. The fight against distracted driving is a personal mission for 10TV's Dom Tiberi. Through Maria's message in honor of his late daughter, Dom teaches young drivers the dangers of distracted driving. You can learn more about the program by going to 10TV.com slash Maria's message. We are continuing to follow issues at the post office. We've heard from several of you that your mail is either late or not arriving at all. Third District Congresswoman Joyce Beatty promised to get you some answers. 10TV's Olivia Eugenio looks into the issue. For many of us, a trip to the mailbox means cards, letters, and unfortunately, bills. But for Jeff Fields, when he goes to the mailbox, he's getting things that are keeping him alive. And it isn't arriving on time. When Jeff Fields gets his mail, it's a whole lot of bills. I seem to get... A lot of those. But what's missing? I still haven't got the blood sugar medicine. Is his medication. I can't keep going on with this. I worry more about this than anything else. So what does the Postal Service have to say? They sent us this statement, which is the same statement we were sent when we asked about the Postal Service over a month earlier. The Postal Service saying they are utilizing overtime to compensate for staffing issues brought on by the pandemic. They say the Postal Service is committed to providing the best possible service to our customers. And we apologize for any inconvenience that may have been experienced. Local management is aware of delivery issues in Columbus and is taking steps to address the concerns. We appreciate the patience of our customers and the efforts of employees during challenging times. Congresswoman Joyce Beatty also sharing frustrations, saying she's received complaints from constituents about the mail. She says she's working with USPS to do several audits to figure out the issue. She says these audits are the first step to restoring the rapid, reliable deliveries America should expect from their postal service. For now, customers like Jeff Fields will just have to wait. No other way of getting my meds. And hope things they need arrive on time. Olivia Eugenio, 10TV News. 
The Postal Service says they are also hosting job fairs every Wednesday through the end of March to try to hire more workers. We recently told you about a $50 million relief bill that made its way through the U.S. House that would help keep the Postal Service afloat. That piece of legislation has stalled in the Senate. New York Democratic Senator Chuck Schumer says the bill will eventually pass. He says it's just delayed. This week, we saw several central Ohio cities and school districts drop their mask mandates. Up next, the Ohio Department of Health tells us what you need to think about before leaving your mask at home. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Philadelphia. Local time is 3.05 p.m. and the temperature is 67 degrees. At this time, you are now free to use your cellular devices. You know that feeling when you get to turn your phone on after the plane lands? You can have that feeling every time you drive. Make sure your cell phone is stowed away whenever you are behind the wheel. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. This is Columbus Perspective on the Fan. Back to Tracy Townsend, courtesy of 10TV. Welcome back. The CDC significantly loosened federal face mask wearing guidelines, and this comes as those COVID-19 case numbers drop around the country and here in Ohio. But Dr. Bruce Vanderhoff of the Ohio Department of Health says when it comes to deciding if you should wear a mask or not, you need to look at what's happening in your community. As schools, organizations, and businesses begin to consider easing their mitigation efforts, they should take into account conditions on the ground in the communities they serve. And their local health department is a very good resource for understanding those local conditions. But the onus is not just on institutions. In order to keep COVID-19 at bay, each of us over the days and weeks ahead needs to look carefully at what's happening in our community and the recommendations of local public health leaders there. And regardless of whether COVID-19 transmission is high or low where we live, we need to remember that like so many other respiratory viruses, SARS-CoV-2 may fade, but it won't disappear. COVID-19 will be back and we need to be well protected when it returns. That protection is the COVID-19 vaccine. Right now, about 60% of all Ohioans are fully vaccinated. Because of the pandemic, this year's National Eating Disorder Awareness Week had a special focus. Chances are you or someone you know has experience with an eating disorder. Experts are seeing a 15% increase in diagnoses in teens. The National Eating Disorder Association's helpline reports a 107% jump in calls since COVID. Health advocate Akia Red, who is in recovery from disordered eating, told me that it's never just about the food. There's oftentimes um, some underlying PTSD, anxiety, depression that fuels you into this urgency or this sense of needing to be in control. And Red says getting help, like therapy, is truly the first step. Now, if you or someone you know is dealing with an eating disorder, contact the NEDA, N-E-D-A, helpline online by visiting mynida.org slash helpline. Thank you so much for joining us here on Face the State today. Have a great week. That's again Tracy Townsend, courtesy of our sister station, WBNS 10 TV, from their Sunday morning public affairs program, Face the State. A new edition can be seen this morning at 1130 on 10 TV. Hey, this is Grace Gostad. 
I'm a singer-songwriter, and like many, I've been traumatized by years of bullying. You're ugly. You're stupid. You're gay. You're worthless. Bullying causes real harm and can result in severe long-term depression, anxiety, addiction, and even self-harm. I created the Black Box Project for anyone who has ever felt different for any reason. Go to theblackboxproject.org to help you take the first step to healing. You are not alone. The future depends on teachers. Every day, teachers are shaping our tomorrows, starting their students on journeys that will change the course of history. Right now, in a classroom somewhere in the United States, there's a teacher inspiring a future scientist who will make preventing pandemics their life's work, sharpening the mind of an aspiring environmentalist who will help combat climate change and generating possibilities for a student who will be the first in their family to graduate college. It all starts with teachers who meet challenges with creativity, who reinvent education for the future, who work towards a school system that lifts up every child, regardless of race, income, or zip code, and who enable the full potential of our students, our communities, and our country. Explore a career that leaves a legacy you can be proud of. Shape the future. Teach. Learn more and receive free support at teach.org. This is Columbus Perspective on the Fan. Hi, this is Dave James, and joining me on the phone is Marquita Markerson, who is an audiologist certified with the American Speech-Language Hearing Association. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good morning. Good. Thanks for talking to us. This past Thursday was World Hearing Day. What does that mean for an audiologist? Oh, well, World Hearing Day is um, a celebration of bringing public awareness to hearing with this Year's theme being to hear for life, um, listen with care. So for audiologists, we don't want you to lose your hearing. And in particular, we want you to be aware that you can minimize your risk for noise-induced hearing loss. So we just want to bring to light some of the ways that you can protect your hearing. Okay. And before we get into that, can you tell me uh, how prevalent is hearing loss in the U.S.? Hearing loss is very prevalent in the U.S. There's 1.1 billion young people at risk for noise-induced hearing loss. And that's unfortunate because um, noise-induced hearing loss is actually preventable. So there is hearing loss that is, um, you know, unavoidable, but this is not one of them. You can totally reduce your risk for um, noise-induced hearing loss. And, you know, I I think when you're younger, you don't think much about it. And, uh, you know, when you get older and you're around more people who do have hearing difficulties, it's so easy to see how disruptive to their life it is. Absolutely, absolutely. And the thing with your hearing is that, you know, you kind of rely on your hearing and think that it's always going to be there for you. But once you lose your hearing... It doesn't come back. So this is something that you can actually prevent happening and take control over. And we don't necessarily have to think that everyone loses their hearing as they get older. That's not necessarily true. Is the majority of hearing loss caused by things like exposure to to loud noises as opposed to disease? Oh, that's a really good question. So there is a good number, a good amount of hearing loss that is the result of noise exposure. We live in a super noisy world. Um, There are some types of hearing loss that are hereditary or genetic that are beyond our control. Um, But when we talk about noise-induced hearing loss, if you think about um, your listening practices as you move through the day, um, a lot of things that seem 
vaccine could actually be damaging your hearing. So when you are, uh, this might um, be in particular interesting to you, but when you are spending the entire day under a set of headphones, uh, you want to be mindful of how loud those headphones can be. When we are doing um, things like attending concerts, festivals, celebrations, we want to be mindful of how much noise we're exposing our ears to. And even with children, the toys that kids play with are often, they can rise to dangerous noise levels. And even something like a noise genera generator in a baby's nursery, we want to be sure that that noise generator is placed away from the crib so that baby is not exposed to um, noise that is uh, dangerous. It's so interesting you mentioned headphones because having worked in radio for decades and following other people who have used the same set of headphones before me, the volume level that people set their headphones at is remarkable. And for some, it's so loud that it's unbearable to me, and it signifies to me that they must have a hearing problem. No, you're probably right about that, and it's something to be mindful of. It's um, kind of a change in routine, but we really would like to see you listen with your headphones set at about 50% of the volume or less. Um, if someone is having the need to turn their headphones up, two things I want to bring up is, number one, maybe we can invest in a pair of noise-canceling headphones so you don't have to increase the volume. And number two, I really want that person that needs all that volume to get their hearing tested by an ASHA certified licensed audiologist because if there is a hearing loss, we want to identify it. The audiologist can monitor uh, the hearing loss. We can recommend noise protection. And also, if we need to talk about hearing aids, we can do that as well. But you know, the volume of your headphones is really important to monitor. And also, make sure that you're taking breaks. So for about every hour you spend under headphones, give yourself a 10-minute break when you can just to rest your ears. Talking with Marquita Murkison, she's an audiologist. For people, uh, maybe younger people, who spend time in a nightclub and they're near the speakers with a blaring music and then they go home and their ears are ringing, at what point should they become concerned about, you know, possible uh, long-term damage with that ringing in their ears? Oh, thank you for bringing this up, and I will admit to being guilty of this. When you get home from a concert or a bar and you notice that when you lay down in bed and you were so close to that speaker that your ears are ringing, when your hearing is muffled, um, that is a warning sign. That is your body telling you that you just did damage to your ear, okay? Now, if your hearing returns to normal as the day moves on, great, but I want you to think about what you just exposed your ears to. Now, noise damage or noise-induced hearing loss is cumulative, so it is the amount of noise or the level of noise you're exposed to, the frequency with which you're exposed to that noise, and the duration that you're exposed to that noise. So you want to limit and minimize your risk. Make sure that you put some distance between you and the sound source. Um, it is very very dangerous to dance right in front of that loudspeaker. So if you could just move away, that's going to already do a lot of benefit to you. But listen to those signs of your body, you know, when your ears are ringing, when you have pain in your ears. Those are all signs that you just exposed yourself to some dangerous noise levels. And if your hearing does not return back to normal, you really do need to go in, 
and get your hearing tested. And if your hearing does return to normal, I can speak from experience. I used to fit um, a good amount of VJs with hearing protection so they could, you know, long term uh, preserve their hearing so they could keep on working and enjoy their job. You mentioned pain, and, uh, you know, sometimes you can be exposed to a, a sudden burst of noise that is painful. Is that the next level of damage that still can repair itself? Oh, I'm glad you asked that question. So a uh, sudden burst or uh, we call it impulse noise or, you know, unexpected transient noise, um, a lot of times those things are beyond your control because you might not necessarily know that they're happening. Um, and fortunately, um, some people will experience damage right away. It only takes one exposure to something like that and it can damage your hearing. So what you can do is if you know that you're in an environment where there's going to be loud impulse noises, to make sure that you wear hearing protection. Um, and your hearing protection ranges from foam inserts, there are rubber inserts that also function as hearing protection, and even over-the-ear hearing protection. And this is not something just for adults. You can also um, get hearing protection for your children. And so I want you to think about that looking optimistically to the summer when we were going out to fireworks, celebrations, to make sure that you bring hearing protection with you because um, that's a way to protect yourself from that impulse noise as we enjoy something like a fireworks show. What about uh, the technology these days with hearing aids or cochlear implants, things like that? How, how, are, how is that uh, going in the technology area? That's a really good question. So when you think hearing aids and they're fit by a licensed uh, certified audiologist, your hearing aids um, and your cochlear implants are actually very safe in that they don't just keep on getting louder. There is a limit to how loud the device will get, and that will be indicative or reflective of how much hearing loss the patient has or the user has. And so your audiologist will take care of that to make sure that your devices are set appropriately and that also um, is something to remind your listeners that in obtaining hearing devices that they should be fit by a licensed um, certified professional so they don't do damage to their hearing. This isn't typically a concern for cochlear implants as that uh, requires surgery and you're typically seen in a, a surgical center, hospital or private practice, um, but when it comes to talking about amplification and hearing aids, um, you have a little bit more leeway, um, and also with the expected release of over-the-counter devices, you want to make sure that uh, you are safe in whatever device that you select so you don't do damage to your hearing. And I also wanted to ask about perhaps infants or toddlers, really young kids who maybe are not in school where their hearing might be tested on a regular basis, what kind of warning signs should parents be watching for? If you are noticing any delays or anything that seems um, atypical as far as how they're developing their speech and language, you absolutely want to start with getting a hearing test. If you have someone in your life that also raises concerns, be it a family member or a neighbor, someone who spends time with a child, um, and they have concerns about that speech and language development or how the child is responding to sounds in the environment, go get the baby's hearing tested. And I'll share a story with you. When I was working in the clinic, um, I had a father bring his daughter in, and he said that they were playing telephone, and he noticed that she took her hands and put them around his head and physically brought her ear to her right ear 
and we found out that she actually didn't hear in her left ear. So you want to pay attention to does the child prefer one ear over the other um, and bring your baby in to get a hearing test. The hearing test is uh, probably the easiest test a child can take and uh, pediatric audiologists do a great job of making it fun and pleasant. Talking with Marquita Murkison, an audiologist certified with the American Speech Language Hearing Association. Anything else you'd like to add? Oh, yes. Uh, please visit our website at www.ashes.org if you want any information on uh, how to protect your hearing, um, how to find an audiologist, and also we have lots of information about the new World Health Standard and recommendations for entertainment venues. Outstanding. Thanks so much for the information. No problem. Thanks for having me. That website again is uh, asha.org, A-S-H-A dot org. This has been Columbus Perspective, a weekly public affairs presentation of The Fan, heard each Sunday morning at 6 on WBNS AM, that's 1460 ESPN Columbus, and Sunday morning at 7 on WBNS FM, Sports Radio 97.1 The Fan. Join us again next Sunday for Columbus Perspective.